Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. Things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide from we will not hide them from our children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. It's God's word. We are in week three of a four-week series, um, as Chris already mentioned, called Simple, Not Easy. And if you missed the first two weeks for any reason, really wanna encourage you uh, to go back and listen to those podcasts, because we, uh, the whole design of these four weeks is to say, hey, here's what our foundations are. This is what makes Missio Missio. So that first week was about the true story of God, how we are living in the true story of God and how that shapes our lives. Last week, Chris talked about the four eternal truths of God, what we call the four G's, that God is great, he is glorious, Good, yeah, there's like an order, and, and gracious, right, right? Um, and there's, they're actually on those little magnets that are at a table, um, and uh, if you don't have one, take one, put it on your refrigerator, put it somewhere where you can see it, just remind you of who God is, but you don't wanna miss out on that. But today, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to rehearse, kind of look at those four essential questions that help us orient ourselves in God's story and help shape us as God's people. So if you've been a part of the Missio family, these questions are not foreign to you, but we're gonna rehearse them again today. So those four questions, I've got a slide, um, just in case you have forgotten them. But the questions are, who is God? What has he done? Who are we? And then how do we live our lives? So who is God? What has he done specifically in history and even more specifically in and through his son, Jesus? And because of that, who has he made us to be? And then because of that, how do we live our lives? And then, so what, what I wanna do today is, is kind of navigate that a little bit different and connect that with how we are teaching our kids to learn those four questions and how those questions are shaping and forming our children to walk in God's ways and to know him. And this really powerfully hit me the importance of this about a week and a half ago when Tanya and I waved goodbye to our three oldest kids as they got in their car and drove to high school. Three high school kids. Super crazy. And, and as they drove away, um, you know, I'm just like crying, not outside, internally, I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, and these, uh, just this overflowing flood of not only emotion, but memories 
that happened. You know, it was like, wasn't it just yesterday that my 14-year-old daughter, who's a freshman, was sitting in the corner of the living room looking through these picture books, and she had this habit when she was two years old of just looking at them. <clears throat> she couldn't read. She wasn't that smart yet, uh, but would flip through them, get done, put it down, grab another one. She would do that for 15, 20 minutes. And it wasn't it just yesterday where I took my 17-year-old son, who's a senior, and my 15-year-old son, who's a sophomore, and I was wrestling with them on the floor, taking those big orange pool noodles and just smacking them as hard as I could. And they're laughing and they're having a great time. Don't worry, it's not violent. It was, it, they loved it. It was good for them. It's super good for me. Um, and, and so that night, we just laughed about it. We gathered around the table and I shared with them what I was thinking that day and we were laughing and just reminiscing and those are such great memories. They're getting so big so quickly. And as I thought about these memories, here's the one thing that God really impressed upon my heart. As important as those memories are, and I want them to have them, what I want my kids to remember the most is that their mom and dad taught them the truth about God. Who God is, what he's done, who he's made them to be, and how they are called to live for God's glory. And so as I was thinking through that and preparing for this week, it's, it's something we've said before, and this is just kind of the big idea, if you will, for our family. It's like, I want my kids to know God. And I want my kids to grow in God. And I want my kids to go for God. Know, grow, and go. To know God, who he is, his attributes, his character. See him in his word know God's word, know who he is. But I don't want it just to remain in the head because I want them to grow in God. I want it to move into their hearts so that their hearts are in, just inflamed with passion for the things of God, that faith is finding root, that they actually are tasting and seeing how good God is, enduring in faith, even in the hard times. And then I want that to move to their hands so that they're going for God living out the life that God has called them to, being faithful and obedient to God's ways and then telling others the true story of God. I want my kids to know, to grow, and to go. And this is simple, but it's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. I mean, it's simple to tell my kids these four questions. Who is God? What has he done? Who he's, has he made us to be? How do we live? I mean, we can ask those questions, and it's simple, but it's not easy to actually go, am I really believing those questions and living out my life when the rubber meets the road? I mean, it's simple to grab my Bible and share that with my kids and uh, go through the true story together, but it's not easy because a lot of times, just to be honest, I don't wanna do it. And it's hard. It's simple because I can share my own life with my kids. What God's done, the power that he has shown in my life, the experiences, but it's not easy because oftentimes my life doesn't show the faithfulness to God as it should. In fact, oftentimes it shows a lot of failure. You ever been there? It's simple, but it's not easy. 
And if you are kind of feeling me and you've been there, whether you have kids or not, whether your kids are with you or they've moved out of the house, whatever that looks like, whether you're a parent or whether you are just a part of the church, we have a duty to teach our kids to know God, to grow in God and to go for God. And it's simple, but it's not easy. So we need each other to do that. And we find in today's passage in Psalm 78, and it's a long Psalm, 72 verses. Don't worry, we're not going through them all. Hopefully you were able to read through that just to prepare for worship this morning. But those first eight verses kind of set us, orient us on how this is supposed to work. But the bigger Psalm is all about Israel messing up royally and how they teach their kids to know, grow, and go in God. It's a psalm written by a man by the name of Asaph who was one of King David's chief musicians and he wrote it to instruct Israel and to correct Israel and to remind Israel, who is God? What has he done? Who are you? Israel, and how are you supposed to live? And in this psalm, we get a ton of encouragement, ton of encouragement. We learn how to teach our kids to know God, to grow in God, and to go for God. So if you look at these first few verses that Donovan read for us in chapter 78, one of the things that we do to teach our kids to know God is first we have to have a heart, a desire for that. Look what Asaph writes in verse one. He says, give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. In other words, Asaph is telling Israel, listen up. This is super important. There's an urgency here from the pen of this writer into this psalm that God's people would listen to the words that are coming. And so one of the things that we do is teaching our kids to know, grow, and go is that we need to have an urgency to see the importance of this, an urgency. Here's why this matters. I mean, let's just be honest. We all want our kids to be happy, blessed, successful, kind, uh, hearts full of of justice and compassion. We want our kids to obey, right? Some of us are like, you're gonna camp right there. Like, yeah, I want my kids to obey. Okay, even when they're in high school, you want them to obey because a lot of times they won't. We want our kids to care for one another. We want our kids to have a healthy self-esteem to really know who God has made them to be and how he's calling them to live. And why this matters and why we need this urgency is if we don't tell our kids the true story of who God is and what he has done, who he's made them to be and how they are to live, they're going to get that teaching from somewhere else. And it's gonna be from the world. And the world's standards are completely different than God's standards, which God's standards are good, right, and perfect. So Asaph calls us in this psalm that to be a people that teaches our kids to know, grow, and go for God, there has to be a sense of urgency. We get it. This is relevant. This matters. This matters. 
And so my prayer for us as the family is that it would be a sense of urgency. Whether you have kids or not, whether the kids in your MC or the kids that you see running around the church belong to you or not, that everyone has that urgency. That I want these little ones to know, grow, and go. I want them to understand the true story of God. We have that urgency. Do you? Are you praying for that? One of the ways that we really need to orient ourselves, and ASAP does a great job in this, to really know God is we have to start in the right spot. So when we look at those four questions and as we navigate through those four questions with our kids, we don't usually want to start all the way at the very last question and say, how do you live your life now? I want you to obey, I want you to do this. And there is a time for that and we need to. But what Asaph does here is he points us to how we orient ourselves in the right direction. And that is starting with the very first question. Who is God? Who is God? We need to have a right understanding of who God is in order to know how we're supposed to live our lives for his glory and his mission. And Asaph does this. He starts out and he says, give ear. And he says, this is urgent, listen up. And we'll go back and look at the first uh, four verses here, but I want you to jump to verse five. Because Asaph says that he, this is God, established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. Now, if you know the story of God, Jacob, okay, he was one of Isaac's sons, and Isaac came from Abraham, and Abraham was the man that God said, through you and your offspring, I have chosen a people who will be a blessing and a light to the nations. And so God chooses Jacob, one of Isaac's sons, and through his lineage, they would be the people God has chosen who would be bringing blessing to the entire world. Throughout that story, we learn later that God changes Jacob's name to Israel. And so when Asaph says he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, it wasn't not, not just Jacob, the individual, but Israel, the entire people that came from him. And what this would bring to mind, this remembrance for Israel, was what God had done centuries before. And we read about it in the book of Exodus, where God knew that his people were enslaved to Egypt. And he rescues Egypt, or he, I'm sorry, he rescues Israel from Egypt, redeems them, brings salvation, and he brings Israel into the wilderness to a mountain called Mount Sinai where God gives his people the Ten Commandments. You familiar with this story, right? But before he gives Israel his Ten Commandments and tells them, this is how you need to live, God says something super important in Exodus 20. He says to his people, I am the Lord, your God, who rescued you out of Egypt, who rescued you out of slavery. And so for Israel to hear what Asaph is saying here, they would be brought back to what God had done, yes, but they would remember he is the Lord. 
Who is God? The creator of all things. The king of all creation, Yahweh. The master, the ruler. And Asaph is saying, you need to teach your kids to remember who God is. He's the master. He's the ruler of all things. He is your Lord. And when you get that, and as God says, this is who I am, then he says, I have rescued you, Israel. This is what God had done. And he said, I did this so that you would be my people. That you would follow after me and then you would go into all the world and tell people the good news of who I am. And then, this is how I want you to live. Here are the 10 commandments. And if you live in this way, you will live in the best possible way that is good, right, and perfect. If we wanna teach our kids to know God, we have to start with a right understanding of who God is. We tell them who God is and then we show them what he's done. To teach our kids who God is is super important. And to teach our kids to know God means that we are constantly reminding our kids. It's the sense of remembrance. Look what Asaph continues to write, going back to verse two. He says, I will open my mouth in a parable. It's like a story, right? We know that Jesus told parables. And I will utter dark sayings from of old. The idea here of these dark sayings or another way we can translate that is mysteries. These mysteries from of old that have happened since the very beginning of Israel's story. And if you continue to read through all of Psalm 78, Asaph unfolds the history, these dark mysteries of how Israel continued to rebel against God over and over again. But God in his compassion and his mercy continued to rescue Israel, continued to be faithful to them. It's almost like Asaph is saying, will you learn from your past? Will you learn from your past and not repeat the same mistakes that your forefathers did? This is super important. Remember, remember what has happened in the past. Remember who God is and what he's done. I uh, want my kids to remember my life as well as what God has done in our life. And so um, I haven't been really good at it throughout the years, but the last year I've been really faithful to journal um, as I'm going through scripture and uh, writing down the thoughts that, that God has given me, but more so also giving a picture to my kids of what is going on in our lives right now. Because someday, um, when I turn that over to them and if they care to look through that, it's gonna be a, a sense of remembrance of what mom and dad went through, what we were trying to teach them, the prayers that we prayed for them and for each other. It's a sense of remembrance. That's one way we teach our kids to know God is to remind them of who God is and what he's done. And Asaph says that, these were things, verse three, that we have heard and we've known. Our fathers have told us and we will not hide them from their children. 
but we will tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. We don't wanna hide what God has done in our lives. That's one of the reasons why I journal. Because a lot of times I fail to tell my kids all the great things God has done. And here's just one way of doing it. But there's a little bit more even in this verse, verse four that Asaph is talking about here. It says, we will not hide from our children, not just the good, but we're not gonna hide the bad either. Because there's times as I've looked through my journal where I have written down how many times I've failed to live out faithfully God's ways and how I failed to teach my kids what it means to know God and to grow in God and to go for God. And we can't be afraid to share our failings with our kids. One of the best ways we can teach our kids to love God and know God is to tell them we are not all we're cracked up to be. We are not our kid's savior and we certainly are not our own savior. And one of the best things that we can do to teach our kids to know God is to tell them how much we need Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, my 14-year-old daughter, Maisie, um, and I don't remember the whole deal of what happened, but I was just really, really harsh with her. And if you know my 14-year-old, she's like one of the sweetest girls in the world. And I don't remember why, but I just remember throughout the day, I was just, the spirit really convicted me, like you were talking really mean to your daughter, really demanding. Uh, and I was just convicted and I had to go to Maisie. And I pulled her aside, she was in her room, she was doing some artwork and, and I pulled her aside, I said, can I talk to you? And I just said, Maisie, I gotta be honest with you. I have really spoken very, very mean to you today. And she's in her way just says, dad, that's okay. And I go, no, no, it's not. It's not okay. I haven't loved you like you should be loved. And I've failed. And I told her, I need Jesus to forgive me of that, to empower me not to speak that way to you and to love you. And Maisie, I am going to fail you as a father time and time again. But there is a father in heaven who will never fail you. He's a much better father than I ever will be. And he's the one you need to look to. And it's in those moments where we admit our failings where I, I really believe the Spirit uses that to teach our kids to know how good our Heavenly Father is and how good our Savior Jesus is who forgives us from that. We remind ourselves of that. We remind ourselves what God has done. And we also tell the good news when Asaph says, we will tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. And when I spoke to Mace, I said, this is so good that we have a savior who's forgiven us, that we can go to time and time again and say, I blew it. I need you. This is glorious. Look what God has done. Remember and tell our kids who God is, what he's done, who he's made them to be. To know, to grow, and to go. I just wanna ask you, what are you doing in your life 
to help your kids remember? What are you doing in your life to help your kids remember the true story of God? And how are you telling them how to walk in his ways? I wanna encourage you as you're sitting there and as you're thinking through that that might be something you do this week is to say, how, ask yourself that question. Think through what are the ways that I'm helping my kids to remember all that God is and all that he's done? And then who can I tell? Who can I tell that good news to? How do I shape my kids to tell that good news? We want our kids to know God, but we don't want them just to know with the head knowledge, just the facts. We want it to move from their head to their heart. We want them to grow in God. Asaph says, as he moves on after verse five into verse six, he says, we want the next generation. We want them to know these things. Again, the law, who God is, what he's done to save them, who he's made them to be. We want them to know, even to a children yet unborn. And we want them to arise and to tell their children. See, there's this cyclical idea of that generation after generation after generation shares the good news of who God is and what he's done. And I know that some of us have not come from those families, those generations where that good news has been brought down to you. But as you sit today and you hear the good news, you have now a calling to pass it on to others. And the idea of that Hebrew word that Asaph writes here in verse six, that they might know them, isn't just a head knowledge. It's an actual embracing of all that is true about God to really know, to grasp it, to live it out. And he says that they would arise and tell it to their children. And the idea here is that word arise isn't just that they would lift up and come into birth. The, the idea of this Hebrew word arise is to endure, to be firmly fixed on the things of God. That's what it means for our kids to grow in the Lord, that they endure that the promises of God are so true that they keep going even when challenges arise. Do you want that for your kids? Do we want that for our kids? That they wouldn't just know things about God, just the facts of his attributes and characteristics, but that they would be growing, desiring to be faithful praying for our kids that God would allow the Spirit to ignite their hearts and passions for the things of God. And that our kids would arise and endure and that they would tell, Lord willing, their kids someday or tell their friends at school or tell their colleagues at work the good news of Jesus. We want our kids to know God, to grow in God so that, verse seven, they should set their hope in God. Their hope would be in God, not in money, not in whether they got a lot of likes on their Instagram feed, not that they would feel like they have to be somebody that they're not to impress others. No, 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 their hope wouldn't be what the world says you find hope in, but that their hope would be in God. 
the Lord God Yahweh, who has called them to be his kids. And says, because you're my kid, you now are a part of my family and you're a missionary servant and you get to go into all the world and you get to tell them what I have done in and through Jesus. And you are special and you are successful and you are blessed, not because of what you've done or others have said about you. No, 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 your hope is in what Christ has done to save you and rescue you so that you can now be a part of my family, God says. That's hope. That when all of their friends abandon them, because that could happen to our kids, or they get an F on their report card, or they get into an accident when they're driving their car. You fill in the blank of all the possible scenarios. But they can look at that and go, my parents and the church have taught me to grow in God and my hope is not in those things. My hope is in Jesus. And we will arise and we will endure and we will tell others the good news of who God is and what he has done. We are called to teach our kids to know God, to grow grow in God, but we also want our kids to go for God, to go for God. Verse seven, Asaph says, so that these kids should set their hope in God and not forget his works. Again, there's that remembrance, remember. And that they would keep his commandments. See, the true act of of faith for us and for our kids is whether or not they act on what they believe. And if we want our kids to know God, it moves from the head to the heart, then to the hands. Another way we can see it is the knowing leads to growing, which leads to going for God. And that our kids would be obedient to God's ways and walk in his ways and make disciples We want them to obey because it's the best possible way to live. Are you praying that for your kids? Are you praying that for the Missio family? Teachers who are are working here Sunday after Sunday, are you praying that as you prep? You know you're gonna be with the kids this coming Sunday. Are you praying, God, help our kids to be on fire for you, to know you, to grow in faith in you, to go for you. Help them to obey. Are you praying that for your own kids? You're praying that for yourself. We wanna know, grow, and go for God. And Asaph just reminds us again at the end, we do this so that they would not be like the fathers that came before him. And this is the history of Israel, those who failed a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. And let's just be honest here. As you start thinking like, how on earth can I teach my kids to know God, to grow in God, and to go for God when I fail at it all the time? Constantly. Here's good news. 
If you, if you read through the rest of Psalm 78, you're gonna see how Israel fails and how they were rebellious and how they were not steadfast so many times. And there was glimmers of hope where they believed and they held on to God and they were faithful, but more often than not through Israel's story, we see that there was many times they failed, but God never failed. When they were faithless, God remained faithful. See, we cannot make our kids know God. We cannot make our kids grow in God. And we cannot make our kids go for God. We can't do it. But Jesus can. And if we read through this story and all throughout the true story of God, we see time and time and time again where God shows up and he does the work in his people. The faithful God who always keeps covenant never fails. It reminds me of what Paul says in Romans 15, verse 13. This has been so good for my soul. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. If we want our kids to know God, to grow in God and to go for God, that they, to have their hope set in God, it's not gonna come from us. It's gonna come from God. And that's super good news when we as parents fail when we blow it, that we go back to the throne room of grace where we can approach God and we can say, Jesus, I need you to teach my kids. I need you to engulf them, just brace them, give them your spirit, fill them up so that they are on fire for you. That's the pressure's off of us at the end of the day. Yes, we have the call. Yes, we are to teach them. Yes, we are to do, ensure these things to rise to that challenge. There is a responsibility, but the onus is not on us. The responsibility and the work and the transformation is from the God of hope. Jesus the King, who gave his life so that our kids would be set free and that they could hope in the God of hope and that they would abound in hope. Family, my heart is that we would desire that our kids would know God, to grow in God and to go for God. And I wanna encourage you this morning as you consider how you maybe have done that in your life, whether you feel successful at that, whether you feel like you've blown it, there's probably a mix of that. I wanna encourage you, trust God to do the work. Wherever you find yourself today, come to him and say, God, I need you to do this. Teach my kids, love my kids, shape my kids, use me, teach me as a parent, teach me as a member of the family of God here at Missio to do that work for your glory, but I'm trusting you to do the work. This week, take time to remember with your kids what God has done, 
who he is, who he's made them to be, how he's calling them to obey. Take time this week to remember that. Take time to tell the story of God in your home. And if you don't have kids in your home, find somebody that you can tell the story to. Remember. And family, commit to praying for our kids. That they would know God, grow in God, and go for God. And may we do that ourselves so that our kids see that God's powerfully working in us and that we too would abound in hope. Amen. Father, we love you. And we recognize that we cannot do this on our own. We need you, Father. We need you, Son, Jesus. We need you, Spirit, to teach our kids to know, grow, and go. Father, we are thankful we could come to the cross. Remember that Jesus is the one who perfectly did the work because we know and you knew that we couldn't do it ourselves. We couldn't perfectly obey you. Our kids will not perfectly obey you, but they can turn to you, Jesus, and see one that has already perfectly obeyed. And in you, they find forgiveness, Lord Jesus. And in you, they find joy. And in you, they find freedom. Oh God, may our kids delight in you. That they would arise in everything that you have for them and walk in your ways and remember your true story. And Father, may we as the church equip our kids to follow you knowing that the work comes from your spirit. In your name, Jesus, amen.